Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in. Everybody should be here now. It is Thursday morning, November 25th. It is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Scott. Uh, what what is the what is the go-to dish for Thanksgiving? I know I asked you before, but I'm putting you on the clock now. Number 1 overall pick on the Thanksgiving table. What is for it? For me, I like the green bean casserole the best. Mm. You know, it's basically cream of mushroom soup and uh and green beans. That's always been one of my favorites. So, you get crispy onions too, right? Yeah, yeah, and the crispy onions. Yep. Yep. That's uh yeah, that's a Midwestern thing for, yes, for an is. Iowa kid. <laughs> yes, you know, that, it is. That one, I think that one followed me down from Ohio from uh, the family coming down. So so that's my favorite. My aunt made the best rice pilaf, too. I don't mm. know if that's ever a Thanksgiving thing, but she knows how much I like it. So whenever I'm around, there's always – and that's mushrooms and, yeah. and, and brown rice, and oh. uh, that's my favorite. But, you know, it's still really hard to beat just good mashed potatoes, buttered mashed potatoes, too, and yeah. biscuits. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's all pretty good. Yeah, it is all pretty so good. It's all about living on sides. Hundred percent. If, if you're a vegetarian, you, you if you if you go hungry, and, and I am, it's it's still your own fault. <laughs> yeah. No, hundred percent. Oh, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to my mother. Uh, she's in Kansas City right now visiting my sister. Oh. So. There we go. Happy Thanksgiving, Mom. Hope you're doing well. Miss you, and I'll see you guys pretty soon. Um, about a month from today is Christmas, too. So we, my family is crazy about Christmas. I think we talked about that the other day. Um, so we'll be thankful to see them soon. We got Mo coming in saying thankful the Broncos aren't on TV today. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess. Um, but that being said, I wish they were because some of these games are not very great. Um, we got Mile High Huddle coming in here. Good morning, Mile High Huddle. Good morning, Mo. Uh, oh, Mo is yeah, obviously that, that was me. That was I me. know it was easier. So you know, Mo was the first one in, and I was I was here while you were refilling coffee. Uh, I realized I don't want to call this the wrong mug, but I realized uh, I had already filled it when I was like, "Wait a minute, how come this is full?" I was like, "How come my my crafter is about empty here?" I was like, "Oh crap." Wrong mug. The right mug. Well, now the Broncos are going to lose, and it's all Scott's fault. But we got Cleek coming in. Can't wait to watch Chicago versus the Detroit. Thanks, NFL. Yeah, that's going to be a, a real barn burner, right? I mean, you know what? We, I'm okay with it, though. Yeah, I, I, I am. Just, I mean, y'all know how this started, right? I mean, you know why it's Detroit every every year when when they first know. came and did this. No one wanted to do it, and Detroit stepped up. Wow. So they did, and they've gotten the privilege of. Now that it's a marquee game, that they get the right to keep going to it because they're the ones that stepped up when nobody else wanted to. So I'm okay with that. I I, I really am. Um, yeah. Might not watch the game, <laughs> but I uh, I appreciate the fact that they're they're sticking to their principles for a change on that. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, it's a... I remember just always growing up, and I'd watch the Detroit game if it was on, but typically it was, you know, who gives a bleep? The most notable thing I can remember with the the Lions, I think the Nadamakan Sioux stomp game was a Thanksgiving game. Well, uh, where the he's, Packers are always on, too. It seems like the Packers are always on, uh, yeah. and they're usually decent. Yep. Um, but, you know, I start looking for it. You know, the Egg Bowl, one of yes. the most... Uh, one of the most underrated rivalries and it's because i've said even in socioeconomics the, the biggest battles aren't at the top the most heated fiercest we're gonna kill each other rivalries and battles are at the bottom to keep from being last yeah and that's kind of where old miss and mississippi state have been historically so old miss mississippi state they they used to play that game and i guess texas texas a&m used to play on thanksgiving too yep. or at least right in that there. So there's, they did. there's usually something on worth watching. And if not, you know what? I'm going to fire up Paramount Plus and watch a replay of Chelsea Juventus. There you go. Uh, Natalie and I, my wife and I watched the first two episodes of Hawkeye last night. She is a big time Marvel nerd, huge Marvel nerd. Um, so love her for that. I don't, I, I don't say that disparagingly. So watch that last night. Um, and yeah, no, we got some good games today. We can probably get into those a little bit as well if the chat is live. And uh, I'm really excited for tomorrow, Iowa and Nebraska. And then Saturday, you talked about, it. I think the Egg Bowl is on Saturday, not Thursday. Uh, Mississippi. Yeah, they changed it. I'm, I think it used to be on, on Thanksgiving Day, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, uh, that, that'll be a great game. I am head over heels excited for Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, you know, I stand Big Ten football, and this, this is going to. It is. Yeah. I mean, what a game. It's too bad that Michigan lost to Michigan state just because it had battle of unbeated. Uh, the last regular season game would have been incredible. You can't um, have nice things. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan state then just gets absolutely embarrassed. We also got, uh, Oh gosh, Penn state plays Michigan state. will be a great game. And, uh, Ole Miss Mississippi state. will be a great game. Oklahoma, Oklahoma state. That'll be an awesome game as well. I cannot wait for that one. So good week. Good weekend. Your We're SEC's gonna... turned into the old big eight when it was just yeah. Nebraska and Oklahoma. Now it's just Georgia and, and Alabama. And sometimes LSU, sometimes maybe I mean, Florida. I this year for sure. Yeah. 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 This year for sure. It's like, um, you don't know how good everybody else is until they start playing some of the other cross conference games because those two are just really, really good. Um, yeah. Uh, and Klee says no Dallas today. Yeah, Dallas was usually on also. Um, Dallas is on today. Okay, yeah, they, like they're they're usually on too. Let me uh, let me grab a couple before we before we lose them. Yeah. Uh, I know Nick likes to run through the whole chat, but I want to I want to highlight some of the people coming in with uh, stars because I am super thankful for people coming in with stars like Dave Glassman, who's been a big supporter of our show all the time. Uh, Andrew Lampy coming in. Happy Thanksgiving! Thankful for all your guys' hard work keeping us in the know. Also thankful for the community for making this such a great place to be. Me too. That's actually one of the things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for uh, Chad Jensen and Mile High Huddle, all the and everybody that he's brought together into this platform, including Nick and including all of y'all. 
uh, and Andrew, uh, congratulations. He won uh, one part of the raffle yesterday. Oh, hell yeah. yeah awesome. So congratulations to you, Andrew. And then Nick, if you want to start running through, uh, you know, some hellos or matters of business, yeah. now will be a good time. I want to say hello to Yvonne. Ah, oh, nailed it. Okay, happy Thanksgiving. I had to think about it there. A sound and image is great. That's good to hear. You got you're looking good too, Yvonne. Uh, Miguel's in the house. Always Miguel's almost always given stars. So we're thankful for you, Miguel. Down in New Mexico. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Awesome to see you. We got Chad Eric in the house. Happy Thanksgiving, Broncos Country. Uh, US Dave. I do cream of chicken soup in my green bean casserole. Interesting. Cream of chicken. I see I I know that uh Scott definitely stands, but I'm a huge mushroom guy. Like mushrooms, yeah. I, I could have a mushroom with every single type of meal, and I would be ecstatic. So, uh, cream of chicken I've sounds good. Never too. had it with uh, cream of mushroom, but we did. Uh, it was a chicken tetrazzini. Was like a cream of chicken mm. with all the mushrooms and stuff. It's just awesome that my wife makes. Yeah. Of course, haven't had it in years. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can see. I can see green bean casserole with cream of chicken. That'd be pretty good too i can do that like i said i it's it's not hard she's like oh it's hard being a vegetarian i'm like i like to eat i love food love it yeah it's like get me full i'm happy yeah. so uh i i like a lot of things <laughs> yeah for sure um there's a lot a lot of good food out there and today's good food day mark linda mode coming in happy thanksgiving everybody i'd like to thank the hosts for taking the time to talk turkey on a holiday thanks for joining us mark i mean honestly if we were here alone it would not be fun so thank you and thank everybody joining us trevor sandoval our sandal coming in here. <clears throat> um, Trevor is almost always a uh, super giver as well. So thank you, Trevor. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Broncos country. Oh, my sister's in here too. Happy Thanksgiving. Miss you too, Alyssa. Beautiful uh, engagement photo there. She's going to be getting married this upcoming season. Year, I guess. We're in, we're talking football here. So let's take season. Clayton here on mid-morning, guys. Happy Turkey Days. Good morning. Uh, we got Esquil v uh, Villela. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys. Go Broncos from Phoenix. That's a tough Howie one. Day. That's a tough yeah. one. Bring that one back up. That's a tough one with the sing with the with the double L to begin and then followed by a single L. Villela. Viella. Viella. Okay. I'd go, I'd go uh Ezekiel Viella. Okay. Well, Ezekiel we'll go Viella. with that. We're thankful that you're joining us today, Ezekiel. Uh we also got Howie Frickin' Day. Uh happy Thanksgiving, Broncos Country. Love to see the Dolphins pick up Lindsay off waivers. Yeah, good for good for Lindsay. He went to bed to, uh, with two wins and woke up with four. So that's all awesome. Um, US Dave still in the house. We got Facebook user. <laughs> Happy things. I don't know who you are. Happy Thanksgiving. Chubb might be good to go Sunday. Risky. Yeah, we should definitely talk that. Michael Ronquillo just followed Michael on Twitter. So uh, happy to see you, Michael. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Broncos country. Enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. Go Broncos. Uh, we got a few more in here. Lawrence Rivera. What up, guys? What up to you, Lawrence? Ernie Mays. We always like to give a shout out to Ernie. Hello, Broncos pod morning addiction. <laughs> Go Broncos. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, we got some uh, getting the shakes here without the morning Broncos. Uh, Keith Cummings. Coming in, Herbert will be scary if we don't get serious heat on him. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. Uh, Travis Tarbox, morning, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving. And Iowa right, Hawkeyes. This is the signal in the back because we can't see them. This is the star signal. When I'm behind the scenes and you can see me down at the bottom, I say these are stars. So those are those are big stars from Travis. Yep. Uh, appreciate the stars on that. And uh, morning, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving. Denver Broncos for life. And Iowa Hawkeyes for life. And Miguel coming yeah, in. I wanted to get to this one. Um, was it Ruben Jones with that monster game on Thanksgiving about 15 years ago? It was actually Ron Dane. Uh, it's one of the little short time when Ron Dane, uh, former Wisconsin Badger, great running back, uh, who didn't land or do as well in the NFL as he did in college. I mean, that's typical for some of those Wisconsin guys. Um, came, but came it was Ron Dane. With 2,000 carries on his, on his tires on the, on the yeah. mileage. Um, exactly. But, you know, we say – Y'all have heard me say it before that the balance and power is is you know probably more important than you know a tenth of a second on a four five or a four five five versus a four five five forty. 
four, four, five, 40. Yeah. Um, but you have to have the enough factor. And I'm not sure Ron Dane was quite fast enough. And the other part of that was, I mean, he, he, he was like a six year veteran by the time he got into the league. So we weren't dealing with yeah. Jerome Bettis here. Uh, Ron Dane had a lot of mileage on the tires by the time he got to the NFL. Yeah, I'm actually pretty concerned about Wisconsin's current running back, who is a 17-year-old true freshman who they are just going to run into the absolute ground. Um, <laughs> he needs to like be able to get an exemption to go early um, because he's they're, they're just going to kill him. Uh, Brainley on Allen, he's like 6'2", 240 pounds at 17 years old. He's incredible. Uh, Jamal Killings, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving, Broncos country. Klee coming in with a super. Thank you so much, Klee. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Chad, Eric, Scott has blue and orange on today. Are you converting him? That might be an Auburn blue and orange, but we're not and sure. Travis, Travis did the same thing. Uh, came in with stars rocking the blue and orange. It works, right? It works. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, is it Auburn? Uh, burn orange and navy blue is also the covers, the colors of uh, the Auburn Tigers where I went to school. So um, but yes, I did not wear this on accident. It wasn't an accident that I had this on because um, one, it's 60 degrees in my office, which is 60 mm -hmm. degrees warmer than Eric Trickle's office in Alaska. Um, but I was like, you know what? This works. This works for the show. I think I think uh, our, our audience will appreciate the the hoodie. Yep. So I'm going for my, my coach's look today. This Absolutely. is my bonus Josh, Josh McDaniels for for uh, for Thanksgiving. Hoodie, you got to get the short, the cutoff hoodie for uh, Bill Belichick there in the South. Um, That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. Well, if there's a super chat, I bet you it could happen. Um, Demi <laughs> Demise coming in. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Falling sloth. Morning all. Didn't get a notification. But remember before coffee, Tommy Simmers is in the house. Uh, Gary's in the house. Happy Thanksgiving to Gary Leeds Palmer. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, says Gary Leeds Palmer, with the stars, of course, as well. Thanks for the stars, Gary. And I think I'm caught up. All right. Well, guys, this is Broncos for breakfast. Um, I Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You can follow Scott and myself. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're following us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle or forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Actually, not or, and do both. Um, and also make sure you're following us on YouTube at subscribe, like, and share, and follow Scott's channel on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Okay. Whew. Well, we said hello to everybody because I wanted to make sure we got the people. It's Thanksgiving and you guys are joining us today, taking time out of your holiday. Maybe uh, you got somebody else working in the kitchen there so you can run away and uh, talk some football, hang out with us. Or, you know, maybe you're working on the turkey right now, basing it and hanging out with us. Let's talk a little bit of Broncos versus Chargers. That is the upcoming game here. The Chargers are playing probably one of the the best games um, of uh, the season. I think that Chargers uh, Steelers game was incredible. If you had a chance, I, obviously you probably saw some of it, Scott Steelers putting up 24 points in the fourth quarter, which is insane. And the Chargers defense really charging that game. Um, any, any takeaways from this Chargers different, just from a peripheral view. I watched the, I watched a little bit of the first half and uh, some takeaways on me were, wow quarterbacks with a little bit of time and a nice arm can really find wide open receivers. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of guys running free when you give them a little bit of extra time. Another part of that was Keenan Allen's really good. He doesn't have to be wide open to make a pass. Just get it near him. I almost, I almost, uh, back in the day, I almost made a t-shirt and branded it, you know, horseshoes, hand grenades and Larry Fitzgerald, you know, close only counts when. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of feel that way about Keenan Allen, you know, just get it, get it close to him. He'll bring it in a uh, really good player. Um, overall takeaways though, on this is, you know, uh, how do you feel about our defense versus Herbert and the, the LA chargers offense? I have trouble. I might just have to say chargers because I have, I have trouble with the LAC to me still LA Clippers. And that's still yeah. a tough one. Um, 
with the with the Chargers offense. You know, more interesting to me right now, and we'll get and I'll let uh, Nick handle this. Is is the running game against the worst rushing defense in the league? Yep. Uh, they got a soft underbelly, and I noticed they had a couple new guys on the defensive line. I don't know if that was by injury or by design, including a guy I went to see in Hawaii, and I was like, wait a minute, is that the same guy as uh, Braden Fajoko? Mm-hmm. Um, had a had a decent game the other night. So he, the well traveled Braden Fajoko. Um, but the, the defense versus the offense damage control, they're going to get theirs. Can you, can you match them? Yeah, no, this is another game where the Broncos linebackers will be in flux, unfortunately. And I know that part of my brand is that, you know, linebackers they're, they're valuable, but you can find linebackers off the street. I think Wade Phillips had a, uh, a quote, um, that he could find, you know, pull any bum off the street, give him a week and he could fill in for linebacker on his defense. Um, so Obviously, I, I don't know if he said bum because that's what his dad's name was. But uh, the Broncos linebackers are in trouble when you lose two and a half guys. Um, when Justin Strenad, one of your guys that you were hoping to develop, looks as poor as he does, um, you you bring in a guy midseason and your third string or second string linebacker in Bra- uh, Baron Browning has injuries all season. Now he's dealing with back spasms that he might not even go this week. You're going to have issues at the linebacker position. Any position you dig that deep down the depth chart, you're going to have warts. Uh, so linebacker is an issue for this team and it's going to be an issue because unlike the Eagles who stress the linebackers with the quarterback option and the run game chargers like to stress the running back with a guy named Austin Eckler Bronco fans may know Austin Eckler because he is a local kid grew up really close to the city of Denver and he's been a really good charger player. He's not the best runner per se. He's a good runner. Like if they get down to the red zone, they have no problem giving it to him and he can find holes, but where Austin Eckler makes his hay is, is in the pass catching game and that's swing passes that screens that's uh, flexing him out, and they try to isolate him against linebackers pretty consistently. If the Chargers can do that successfully in this Joe Lombardi offense, which we can get into that too. I hate this offense for Justin Herbert. I think they're really holding him back. Um, then uh, they can have they can move the ball successfully and give the Broncos a lot of trouble because the Broncos are not deep at linebacker right now, and Austin Eckler is that kind of guy. I also liked, and I'm, I'm trying to look up to see how he's been doing, um, but Larry Roundtree was a guy that I liked coming mm-hmm. out of Missouri uh, at the Senior Bowl. And rushing, he's got 36 carries for 87 yards. So he hasn't done a ton. Um, but he, I did see him in this game. Like, okay, that's yeah. where he ended up. I hadn't really followed him. But, you know, 230, 235-pound guy that can catch coming out of the backfield. So the, the scary thing about this is uh, there was a comment in here that says, you know, we're probably going to have to blitz this guy. I agree. You better get to him because you can't if – you, if you try the Lamar Jackson approach with him, which is we're going to keep him in the pocket. We're going to just build a build up. We're going to let him build a pocket and we're going to say that they're going to beat him with the arm. He will, he'll kill you. He'll yeah. absolutely kill you. Um, if you try and go after him and you lose your, your lanes, well, he can pick up eight yards pretty quick just with a, uh, you know, a couple long strides slide and it's all of a sudden at second and two, or he just converted to third and seven. Um, so I think you're going to have to gamble on this one. And it's not exactly the forte of a Vic Fangio defense that I've seen so far. Um, you know, Kareem Jackson has been limited a little bit this week in practice, but he's a guy that I might try and turn loose. Uh, and you know, he's not necessarily your number one guy in coverage. We'll walk him up as another linebacker and say, I want you to go get the quarterback. So I so said, Kareem, you do your best work going forward. Like a kamikaze, go after the quarterback. That's, that's what I want you to do. But I, I, I don't think they're going to beat you running the ball so much, unless it's Herbert beating you running the ball. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to get him. You're going to have to go after him or it's going to be a long day on defense. And this offense, you don't want to get into a, a, 
uh, basketball game with these guys. You don't want to get into a fast break game with the Chargers. They're going to beat you. They're going to beat you badly. Yeah, the they don't have the most amazing weaponry um, on the perimeter, and they really lack speed. But you talked about Keenan Allen. I know that he ran a four seven coming out of Maryland. Um, was Maryland, wasn't it? That's for some reason I'm blanking on. I thought Keenan Allen was a Cal kid. Oh, he was Cal. You're right. Yep. I was, uh, Stefan Diggs was the Maryland guy who ran a little slower than some people thought fell to the fifth round. Um, yeah, you're right. It's Cal. Um, Keenan Allen is a really good, uh, slot weapon, uh, can get separation quickly. I'm uh, very impressed with Mike Williams too. I don't know about number seven overall pick for Mike Williams talent level, but he's a really good, uh, field stretcher. They, they're really lacking Tyrell Williams this season. And I think the chargers this off season, they prioritize building the offensive line because the chargers had the worst. This is crazy. The card chargers last year had the worst run blocking rate and the worst pass blocking rate in the NFL, both of them. So they were the worst dead last in both categories. Justin Herbert was the best quarterback in the NFL last season against pressure. Uh, he's regressed there. That's typically the case for but against the, pressure. But the lines have gotten better. Yes, the lines have gotten better. Um, <laughs> they're playing much better. Rashawn Slater, honestly, is playing at a borderline all-pro level. Um, their left tackle, a th- 13th overall pick out That's of... rookie. Rookie Rashawn yep. Slater. Mm-hmm. Yep, out of Northwestern. Um, I see a lot of people saying Rashawn Slater and uh, Tristan Wirfs should be f- second team all pro. Um, that's how good they've been. And they're both 22 years old, which is insazing, in- amazing and insane for tackles. Um, but uh, we got Mo coming in. I want my $2. Scott might catch that reference. Scott, you're going to have to help don't. me out. Oh, no. I don't. I okay. feel bad. I should. <laughs> he'll, he'll let Mo will let us know in the comments. Eclipse is saying happy Turkey Day. Good to see you, Eclipse. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we got another one here, Miguel. Yeah, Miguel uh, coming, coming in. back in with some stars, asking the question about our personal preferences. This one's easy for me. Yeah, it's football. I mean, I don't give a flying hoot about the NBA. I'm sorry. I mean, I I'll watch the finals and I'll watch March Madness. I, lo- I do like March Madness, but like just, I, the NBA, nah, I'm watching Christmas movies. I'm hanging out with the family then more than Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, well, f- frankly, March Madness is another name for March Madness is nobody gives a damn until March. Um, I've, yeah. th- that's been my argument for years about the playoffs. So like, Oh, look how exciting March madness is. Yeah. When do you watch your first college basketball game? Yeah. The tournament. It's like, yeah. well, let's just start with the tournament and ignore that other stuff. Uh, that doesn't matter. So for me, football, I, I, mean, I like football better anyway, but, um, yeah. I don't think I've ever watched an NBA game on Christmas day ever. I probably just leave. I leave uh, a Christmas story on 24 hours of a Christmas story on in the background and uh, just let it run, let it run for sure. So, uh, and Travis coming back in with some more stars saying, our Broncos, this should remind me of the old Forrest Gump quote, you never know what you're going to get, like a box of chocolates. One week they look dominant, the next next week non-existent, um, just ready for some consistency. Uh, and that's the thing. Nobody's getting that. I, I, I use this line, I use this line on Sunday night with Zach saying that we're in the, the shame on me phase of this relationship. And he kind of like, was like, what already? He thought I was talking about him. <laughs> but I talk about the, I was talking about the Denver Broncos about, you know, coming off. We've got to get a response. They're at home. They're going to show it. They're going to play. And then, you know, uh, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't believe in them. I don't believe in this team that they're going to go out and fight to win. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys game looks like more of a, an anomaly. And the fact that they've lost, what is it? They lost, they won two in a row. So they, they've lost four out of six. Um, five out of seven, actually. They've lost five out of seven games. It feels about right. Um, and you going through the rest of the season, I don't I don't think they win this game. I think they can they can should beat Detroit, and then you get a swing game between uh the Bengals 
and uh, and the Raiders possibly, and you're looking at seven and ten and picking in the low teens. But mm. uh, some consistency is going to come when you're playing for a coach you believe in, and you've got the the right quarterback that is going to play consistent at a higher level. Um, and the coaching is a more important part, honestly, for this team. Yeah. Um, we want to say hi to In the Shop with Willie. What up, my dudes? How you doing, Willie? Greg Smith is joining us, too. Aloha. Uh, Greg, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, reselling Adventure saying happy Thanksgiving, Nick and Scott, and all of Broncos country. That's nice of you. JR, it's been a second. Uh, Herbert, unfortunately, make the Broncos pay for not drafting him. Broncos didn't have a chance to draft him, unfortunately. Maybe they should have traded up one year after taking Drew Locke, but didn't happen. Uh, DWI, guys, one of our biggest supporters. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Not, not uh, one Ethan. of them. Ethan. Yeah, the yeah, number Ethan, one supporter. Not one of our biggest supporter. Yeah. Our biggest supporter uh, this, uh, this month, for sure. Uh, so yeah. happy Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've done a lot to help us and that won't be forgotten. We certainly appreciate you. And Yvonne coming in with some more stars saying, I got the feeling that the Broncos D play the run. We will be killed by the pass and vice versa. I would rather take my chances getting beat by screens and draws than thinking that I can get a pressure with a front four and mm -hmm. I can cover these guys for, for long enough. I mean, it'd be great. Uh, it'd be great if you can get pressure with the front four, and then you've got a then you're a really dangerous defense. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Not with this group. Um, you know, maybe with Von Miller and a healthy Bradley Chubb. Maybe with the defense we thought that was coming, that we thought we were going to have at the beginning of the season with with uh, with Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby playing lights out, and and all of these guys in coverage. Um, and then you've got AJ Johnson and and uh, Josie Jewell cleaning up the messes. But this isn't that defense. No, uh, I think you're going to have to gamble and 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 risk getting beat on the big play. I just it's the only chance I think you've got. Yeah, we also got uh, CC coming in saying morning Broncos country. Also, we got Kapula Kapula seven coming in here. Kappa Kapalua. There we go. Seven. Happy Thanksgiving. Good to Speaking see you, Kapalua. Yeah, for that sure. That sounds Hawaiian to me. It does. And Peter Middleton, Broncos still have a chance, but we need a decent offensive line. Um, but I want to get into a comment you just made. Uh, we have uh, Bradley Chubb coming back. And uh, Andrew asking the question, is Chubb playing? It does sound like Bradley Chubb is going to play. Now they're obviously going to give uh, walk, have him go through some sort of pregame walkthroughs. And I'm guessing he will be on a limited snap basis. But uh, Bradley Chubb is going to play. And let me tell you, if this Broncos team is going to make any noise down the stretch, Bradley Chubb is going to have to play good football. And I know that's probably not reasonable uh, demands or expectations given the injuries had uh, his conditioning is going to be a little bit slow. This Broncos defense itself is kind of really uh, underwhelming. I think they're 27th in weighted DVOA this season right now, which is, I mean, God, you want, this was supposed to be a top five defense and they're 27th in DVOA. I know they're like, it's crazy how crazy um, the juxtaposition between uh, Broncos points per game and the DVOA DVOA. They say they're like a bottom eight unit points per game. I think they're third in the NFL. So um, I need to get into some pro uh, what is it? Football outsiders. People. I think Aaron Nagler is one of the guys up there um, to ask what's the huge uh, difference there. What's causing that huge disparity, but uh, the Broncos defense has just been okay, but Bradley Chubb coming back, he can really help this pass rush. And I, as much as I like Jonathan Cooper, I don't think he is a guy that you want starting completely right now. And I definitely don't think he's a guy you want as your alpha pass rusher on a defensive line. Well, as you a mentioned round a snap rookie. count, right? You mentioned a snap yeah. count. He's on a pitch count. I uh, just, what I was looking up over here, my second screen's over here. So when I'm looking up over here. I'm looking at the Facebook feed and I'm looking at stats. So yeah. um, that's what I'm doing every time. And what I was just looking up was what, how many third downs did the Chargers face last week? 12. Hmm. Okay. 
12. Okay. That's how many that's how many plays. Third down is when I'm putting Bradley Chubb in the game. Uh, yeah. Coming up right now is is that. So if he's healthy, if he's good enough to go, because uh, you know, as Fangio said, and I preach all the time, don't listen to what they say at press conferences. But you know, he said he hasn't played and he hasn't practiced. That's just fact. Yeah. Um, so you know, 12 plays. You put him in on third down. I think that's where you want to use him, Bradley. You know, you don't worry about schemes. Don't worry about this. Go get the quarterback. That that's yeah. your job, um, and you can do it uh, a dozen times, dozen and a half times during the game. You know, a second and long, sure, sure passing situations, third downs, third and more than three. Uh, that's when I think that's when I would put Bradley Chubb in the game. Yeah, that's a good call, um, man. Yeah, the thing is, you really would like to have him for his run defense too, right? Like that's the big thing. It's Malik Reed has been getting absolutely abused, assaulted in the run game on the edge. You can typically scheme against the run, though. You know, but when uh, you're the, this the pass thin rush end. is a personnel thing. Unless you know, yeah. with the blitz, if you're just going to rush your four, you need your you need your guys to take care of that. With I can yeah. I can typically I can roll up a safety if it's a if it's a running situation. Again, you're going to gamble. You you can't stop. You don't have the personnel right now to just stop everything. So you're going to have to take some gambles. And I think you can scheme. And they don't they don't scare me as much in the run. You know, they they don't. Uh, as, yeah. as Herbert does throwing the ball. So um, you absolutely want him for his run defense. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I think he's going to make his money as a pass rusher. Yeah, I, I hundred yes, that's what moves uh, the straw that stirs the drink. I am just a little bit concerned about the Chargers being super efficient with the run game and the Broncos not dictating numbers to that and then making it second and short, third and short. And that's when Herbert can kill you. Now, I do want to say sticking on the Chargers offense still here, Joe Lombardi is such a terrible fit for what Justin Herbert wants to do. It's like he is driving a Ferrari in a school zone constantly. It's this uh, Drew Brees, very horizontal West Coast offense that, you know, does a good job of working the ball to Austin Eckler. I think that's one thing that Sean Payton, I mean, obviously, you know, watching the Falcons, getting the ball to those short passing guys and uh, letting them do stuff after the catch. This offense is pretty good at that. But you have Justin Herbert, who arguably, I would say, has a top five arm in the NFL right now, as terms of velocity, um, he makes some throws in some windows that just don't make any sense. It's honestly, it's, it's shocking. Uh, some of the throws he can make against some of the coverage is like, yeah, you should never throw uh, between the two safeties and cover two with a deep dropping linebacker. Justin Herbert's fitting it in that window every single week. How? Not fair. Um, <laughs> if people get upset, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he throws it deep. Teddy Bridgewater, though, arm strength isn't, uh, for a professional quarterback, arm strength isn't evaluated on distance. It's velocity. It's how quickly it can get from A to yeah. B. And Herbert is unbelievable arm talent. And they're not really using him vertically right now. So I do agree with you as far as blitzing Herbert. Um, but I I think I'd be more interested in rushing with four or five consistently. Having one of your linebackers be a combo spy that is um, taking a running back, but also keeping an eye on Herbert because there's the screen game they like to use a lot. And then uh, Broncos, what they've been doing more recently, and hopefully you'll see some more this week, especially with Sertan being uh, healthier this week than he was uh, two weeks ago, more man coverage. You're seeing more press man out of this Broncos defense. So they're being a little bit more aggressive on defense. Um, so important in this game. And it's the same thing as the Eagles game. And I know it's really, you know, an eye roll. Oh, oh duh, of course, Nick. The Broncos cannot come out terrible on defense in the first half. They cannot get behind because this is not an offense that can play from behind. The defense needs to be good. Not, I'm not even asking for a lead 20 points in the first half on five possessions. Well, you're done. 
game is over at that point, um, especially against this Chargers team. They can't run to put the ball away, so I guess you can come back. They can charge it up. Running games, passing games is for playing catch up. Run games are for assaulting the game away. Um, and they can they can uh, pass with the best of them, but I'm just not super. I don't know about blitzing because I think that Herbert's arm talent can kill you vertically, and I'd rather make them march down the field. Well, the way I see it with the with the arm talent again, and, and like you said, anybody can throw one over the top, you know, yeah. drop one in a bucket over the top. That's not the arm strength. The sitting back, I see these receivers killing you on crossing routes mm-hmm. um, because he can he can fit the ball between your zones, you know, your yep. linebacker and whoever's trailing him. On you a know, rope. we see those plays all the time where you've got a man trailing across across the middle of the field. You're like, wow, he really got beaten coverage. I'm like, you can't run with a receiver like that. They're in a yeah. corner in the world uh, that can that can run a drag route against receiver. You need help from the inside. Totally. And if you've got a quarterback that can get it like that, yeah. then they're just going to kill you with, with drag routes and crossing patterns. So uh, that's what I see happening. Again, it's a <laughs> if you remember Rocky too, you know, he's in there, they're watching film on the first fight. And you're like, man, you're brave for getting back in the ring with him. You know, you're, you're watching this and you're thinking, I don't know how to stop these guys. And, yeah. and I said, if it's, you know, try and keep them obvious, keep, you know, the, it's the, it's the cliches. It's try and limit their first down plays, keep them in second and long. And then you're gonna, you're gonna have to get pressure on Herbert. You're going to have to, and then hope your linebackers are good enough to limit any of the, uh, you don't want him beating. You don't make him convert his first downs with his with his throws, not his legs, because it's too easy if he can if he can escape yep. uh, and get out there. And and the answers that were coming in uh, on the two dollar reference were were better off dead. I don't remember seeing that one. Um, I watched. Uh, you know, I've said for years and years that you know, as an '80s kid, our music was terrible, but our movies were legit. We had the best movies uh, when we used to actually blow stuff up and before CGI took over. So I don't remember that one. I think I saw it because I was a big fan of John Cusack, but I don't remember Better Off Dead. So I guess I'll have to check that one out again. Yeah, I don't remember that. And we had a comment earlier um, about, uh, you just had it up about Patrick Sertan going up against Keenan Allen. Patrick Sertan, you don't see the Broncos a lot of times have a cornerback follow a wide receiver the whole game. Um, you'll, You'll see a little bit of mix and matching, but I would assume that Patrick Sertan will get mostly lined up against Mike Williams, you know, a big, strong down the field, physical at the catch point kind of guy where that's, I mean, Sertan with his size and length and ability to press and run. Um, that's probably what I see. And then Darby on the uh, Allen more so, but the one that scares me is Keenan Allen versus uh, Kyle Fuller. I think that's one that you're going to have to lean on Kyle Fuller just because the injuries and whatnot, and you're paying him and he's, he's okay. Um, but that's one that scares me a good bit. Uh, you know, it doesn't scare me though. $50 coming in from the DWI guys, giving me a reason to be thankful this Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you, Ethan. Ethan says, happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. Appreciate you guys being on today. Well, we appreciate you hanging out. We weren't sure if we would get a lot of eyeballs in here, but the chat is popping and it's a lot of fun to talk about that. So, uh, thank you so much. And we had a comment earlier, um, much earlier about, uh, here we go. I found it. Yes. Blaze coming in here saying, do you guys think that Melvin will ball out against the chargers? Perfect transition for talking about the Broncos offense versus the chargers defense. And I know that a lot of people are down on Melvin Gordon right now at the fumble as they should be Melvin cover up the GD ball with two hands. (laughs) Um, What are you doing? Please for the love of God, cover up the ball. You cannot turn for that thing, especially with this um, offense being as limited as they are in terms of explosive plays. But this should be a good game for Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Uh, the Chargers defense, and I'll get into some of the numbers here in a second. Um, the Chargers run defense is 
terrible. I wouldn't say they're historically bad, but they are dead last in the NFL in a number of metrics. And I have some specifics as far as even run directionality as well uh, for this Broncos team and how they can attack the Chargers. So we can get into that in a second. Uh, Yvonne coming in. I Yvonne coming in here saying, now talking about our offense, do you think Teddy mm-hmm. and the offense can outscore the, the Chargers? I think we need to score over 24 to have a chance. Um, 24 is the goal. That's what you should be shooting for. However, it is the AFC this year and it is the AFC West. So funky things can happen. I mean, we might be talking about a 13 to 10 game. Who knows? Um, that that's sometimes that's how it can work out for these games. And the chargers from what the games I've watched, I think the chargers have to be near the top in the NFL and dropped passes as well. Now, some of that is because Herbert throws some freaking bullets, um, that sometimes get, they just have a hard time with. Um, but, uh, I think 24 is a good line to think of more importantly though. And this is just me being annoying. You don't want to look at the raw data here. 20 points per game. That doesn't tell as good of a story as points per possession. Broncos need to be efficient in their per possession game. They want to drag out the game. They want to limit possessions and they want to play field position. And doing so means that sometimes, you know, let's say it's a 20, 20 to 17 game, but there are each team has two to three less possessions than they typically do. So their points per per possession is going to go way up. Um, what do you think, Scott, uh, offensively for the Broncos versus this Chargers team while I dig up this uh, this Chargers run well, game? I think data. you got to run the ball for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, you'd be – you say this, and then you're like, okay, don't go away from the obvious. Don't try and outsmart yourself. You want to be a running team, and this is the worst rush defense in the NFL. Boom. I mean, this <laughs> pretty seems simple. really, really easy. I got two workhorse running backs. I got an offensive line I want to protect that likes to move forward. Uh, you know, with, with, a with a rookie at left guard, who's a mauler. Um, I've got, uh, you know, t- like I said, two, two really good running backs. I got a couple mm-hmm. of really good tight ends so I can go 12 personnel. And if I can, I can beat you guys passing with those guys. If I need to, I can get the ball to Fant. I can get the ball to Okawebenam. And, uh, you like how I'm saying that so, so clearly now, yep. <laughs> uh, I was afraid to say it when we first started this show, um, and I, I look at I look at their numbers. I look at the Chargers numbers. I'm like 24. I don't know if 24 is going to be enough to get it done. Um, but we'll go through. I'm just going to rattle off some words. These are points scored by the Chargers. 20, 17, 30, 28, 47, 6, 24, 27, 20, 41. So 24 could get it done in a game like this. Yeah, it, it could. But uh, you know, finish your finish your drives. Don't go down there start and start and kicking field goals, or worse, turning the ball over. Oh God! Uh, finish your offense. drives, run the ball, get seven, and uh, you know the more I start looking at that defense, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this isn't hopeless. Maybe maybe there's a chance. But then I start again. Like I said, fool me, shame on me, shame on me. Phase of this relationship. I don't know that they'll go in there and run the ball like they should, and I don't know mm. that they will be able to run the ball even if they do because they haven't proven they can consistently do anything except being yeah. consistent. That's why I, I don't feel good about the the remaining seven games on the schedule and against a team that can score and move the ball like this. It's going to be hard to, to slow them down enough for your offense to keep up. I believe. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And you said, talk about running the game. I will say in that last, the Eagles game, the Broncos did a pretty darn good job of sticking with the run game, even though their defense was wilting drive after drive. Um, and it wasn't until the Broncos were down 14 points in the fourth quarter where they kind of abandoned the run game. And that is, you know, that's 
that is going to be what it is, right? Like if you're down 14, uh, it's pretty hard to do the slow pace uh, run game that the Broncos have been using this season. So defense has to keep the game close. Uh, They have to keep it within striking distance. Otherwise the run game isn't viable anymore. And then you're in big trouble. Um, But as far as the chargers uh, get run defense this year, they are really as as bad as you can imagine. Um, The chargers this year, dead last in the following uh, run metrics, Uh, rush DVOA. They have a 5.2% DVOA grade and, that is more than uh, that is double the DVOA grade of uh, the 31st ranked team, which is the Jets. So they are dreadful against the run as far as DVOA, which is weighted by opponent. Uh, rush EPA per play, they're dead last in the NFL at 0.032. And rush success rate, they're uh, 50% of the rushes that they give up are considered a successful rush, which on a first down, that would be six yards. Uh, second down, that would be eight yards. And third down would be third and fourth would be hundred percent of the yards needed for the, uh, the first down. So they're terrible on um, they and it continues these to get backs, bad. Nick, these running backs better have 50 touches. They, if they don't have the 50 deep, touches, you should fire Shermer after coming after the game, coming out of the game. As long as there needs to be a little context to that for me, because the defense has, they can't be down 21 to three in the second quarter and you can't run it 50 times. It's well, just, it's not going to happen. The defense way, has to play. The their only way game. you're down 21 to three is if you're coughing the, is, is turnovers. Yeah. turnovers and if you're not running the ball and turning the yeah. ball over <laughs> yeah and the broncos this year they are the 25th base team in dvoa on first down but they're really good on second and first down so they need to be much better sherman needs to look in the mirror on first down because everybody gets upset about teddy bridgewater on third down their third down and second down metrics are not terrible first down is i think it's actually 27 again the question is it's like you're you're right on about league average for third and what are your what what's your average now it's like eight or nine it's probably gotten worse it's, it's like your it's, average third down conversion is nine it's last in the NFL, which is yep. 10%. You know, the, the league yep. converts third down at, at, at the same rate that, 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 uh, third and nine at the same rate that the Broncos are. It's just the Broncos yep. are averaging third yep. and nine. So yep. why, why are you always in third and nine? That's the bigger question. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that this is that part of that isn't on, on, uh, the quarterback or the scheme or whatever, is. but yeah. that's the problem is first and yeah. second down. Yep. Uh, third down's just about normal for third and nine. Yep. It's just the fact that you're always in third and nine. Um, 40, I, be, I believe it was 23 and 17 for rushes against the Cowboys. I think Melvin Gordon yeah. had 23. Javante had 17. Throw in five targets between them. You were talking about 45 possible yep. touches or so against the Cowboys. Yes. Yes, please. 45, round it up to 50. I want 50 touches slash targets for the running backs in this game. Yeah, that, that does, though, require the defense to show the hell up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's they have to get stops. They cannot let the opposing opposing team average, you know, eight, 10 play drives every time they touch the ball. Um, that's just that the defense. That doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's so difficult, though, because then you're really talking about scraping your possessions because um, both but teams are draining. Until the you get down three scores, you can stick to the game plan of running the game, running, the, yeah. running the ball. And if you're running the ball against this team, you can score. Mm-hmm. So. Again, it's the again, it's the cliches. I know, but one of my favorite phrases is they're, they're stereotypes for a reason. You know, it's not because they're, they're they don't happen. It's how they become stereotypes. How do you think they become stereotypes? Run the ball, limit your penalties, don't turn it over. Oh my God, penalties! Penalties in the red zone. You know, you penalties in the red zone. Beat this team, if you if you if you're running the ball and all of a sudden it comes back from a hold, it's like instead yeah. of second and three, you're first and twenty. Now you're in trouble, and that's yeah. how you beat. So yeah running the ball, beating yourself like that, run yep. the ball, limit your penalties, control the turnovers, and you can control the game. You can move the ball against this team and you can score on this team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the, the old football cliches are especially true in a team that can't stop the run. Don't yep. beat yourself. Just run it down their damn throats. Yep. And they have been a little bit better the last couple games as far as their run game efficiency. And I know that a lot of people were chargers, people that I follow or talk to. Um, there's not a lot of them, but they do exist. Um, that, uh, you know, the chargers run defense has been better. i just have no, uh, respect for the Steelers offensive line, despite what they did to the Broncos. Broncos are actually, you know, talking about bad run defenses. Broncos are really close to the Chargers and a lot of these run defense metrics, which is unfortunate. Um, and guys, we'll see you later, Andrew. Happy, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, other, other run game statistics. So just to show how bad this further em- uh, emphasize how bad this run defense is for the Chargers adjusted line, uh, adjusted line yards, which is the, the yards per carry that the offensive line gets They're 4.81. Um, so that means they're giving a, almost five yards on run carries from the defensive line. They're 30th in the NFL at that. Their running back yards is 4.66, which is 28th in the NFL. And their stuff rate is only 28th in the NFL. So the Broncos, they've actually been struggling in the NFL as far as stuff rate goes. They don't, they can get to the second level or second level and open field. And when they do, they're great, but they get stuffed too often. Chargers are terrible. And they're not stuffing anybody to your point. So who should we see have a big game? Javante Williams. together now? Javante Pookie <laughs> Williams. Let's do it. Okay. Um, yeah. Second level runner in the NFL is a rookie who's a 220 pound wrecking ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's, what's the biggest criticism we've had with Javante is that he's sometimes running in the back of his blockers or, you know, yep. getting stuffed. This team yep. doesn't stuff anybody. Nope. So uh, that's, there's a Thanksgiving pun in there somewhere. Um, so the Chargers <laughs> aren't bringing stuffing this year to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Um, also directionality, uh, chargers are actually pretty good on the left end. So that'd be like the D gap uh, outside the tight end. Um, they are ninth in the NFL. So running left, if that's Calvin Anderson or Garrett Bowles, I don't even know which one it'll be yet. Maybe not the best, but across the rest of it, they're bottom 10 in the NFL left tackle, uh, mid guard, their 30th, uh, which is between the either guards. Um, so the a gaps there, right tackle, they're 32nd in the NFL and then right end they're 23rd. So, um, I don't know how much it's weird that they're okay on the left end and then not at the other side. Um, but run at Jerry Tillery. Um, and if you can get to the second level, uh, that stuff, that's not, um, uh, their second level yards. are not the worst at that. They're not the, their average in open field yards, but Bronco, like you said, the Broncos biggest issue has been the stuff, uh, getting run stuffed and that's not going to be a problem in this game uh, on paper. Shouldn't it should not be yeah, a problem. Shouldn't be. Um, I'm wondering yeah. now you may have watched them a little closer and you may know this, uh, but you know, why was Fahoko in? He was signed off the practice squad. They're you know, injured. A couple of weeks ago, have there been injuries, or is it because of? Listen, we need some help because we're getting beat in the trenches. No, they're they're uh, pretty darn injured on the uh, the inside. Um, they I think they have guys that are back now, um, but they were injured. Let me pull up the week eleven injury report for the Chargers here. Um, yeah, the Livinel uh, Joseph and uh, Justin Jones both were uh, injured in that last game, so that's why. Uh, especially Joseph, he is there. He's their run stuffing guy on paper. Um, he's kind of fallen off a little bit there, but uh, yeah, no, that's why he was signed. It's because they just have so much injuries, and I guess cre- credit to Fahoko, they were a little bit better against the Steelers. But this Broncos interior offensive line seems like they're starting to come together. Um, you have uh, had the bye week now, another week for Quinn Miners can work with these guys, and uh, we were maybe not tough, but like a little bit. S- concerned with the offensive line and Mike Munchak early in the year, right? This game, this offensive line, especially the interior, the run blocking has struggled. This is one. And uh, honestly, the, the Broncos uh, five of their last seven opponents are all terrible uh, run defenses. So this is a game where maybe the Broncos can lean into the identity a little bit more and it can be effective. It's just the gosh darn defense has to be play like the highest paid defense in the NFL. 
And I know they're weak at linebacker right now, but it's like you cannot you cannot play this run heavy team if your defense is bad. And right now the Broncos defense is bad. You they, yep. you can't do it. Yep, because it blows your game plan if you fall behind. Yep. Just plain yep. and simple. And you know, Travis, this is one of my favorite questions. Um, and I see this one a lot. You know, why aren't they using Mike Boone? Because they don't use the the two they've got. He's not better than the two they've got, and they're not wearing yeah. them out. So yep. why why would you play Mike Boone? And this isn't direct to you, Tarvis. This is uh, Tarvis, Travis Tarvox. <laughs> um, just why why would you? You know, why we we talk about we want Javante Williams to get more carries. Yeah. You know, there again, the most touches I've seen between these two guys is forty, and that's only happened once. It's usually twelve and ten on carries. Yeah. When you're only getting twenty two carries to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, why would I take some of those and give them to a third running back? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. That doesn't make any sense. This goes back to the discussion before the trade deadline that Nick and I had uh, right before the Dallas game. It's like, yeah, I'd absolutely try and move Melvin Gordon. You're not using him. If you're only going to give the running backs 22 carries, you don't need to. I'd use Mike Boone to get three or four carries while Javante Williams gets a break. And then they went out and had a 45-touch game between the running backs. And we're like, thank you. Yes. Now we can use both. Um, but I still don't think there's enough touches. I don't want to take touches away from those two or any of the other weapons to give them to Mike Boone. That that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, it, that's a big thing. You just don't have enough touches. Um, and some people are like, oh, why haven't we seen Boone yet? It's the same reason that we really haven't seen much of a uh, McTelvin Ajim yet. Broncos have been really injured this year. Running back and defensive line, everyone drink, knock on wood, pray to whatever gods that you believe in um broncos have not been decimated at injury on the interior defensive line and the linebacking position where or the running back position they've definitely been decimated linebacker um where you're seeing those guys so hopefully we don't see them um that's and it's not because it's not an indictment on those guys it's just broncos have not been bitten there in respect to other positions and if you weren't the worst team in the league in converting third down you'd have more plays if you have more plays you'd have more targets you'd have more touches you'd have all those type of things but you're not running enough offensive plays for there to be more targets and touches to go around. You know, we see after every game, there's always this guy didn't get enough targets. Well, who did you want to take him away from? One ball, you know, One ball. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I get, well, I don't want 10 carries to go to Javante Williams. Um, when Melvin Gordon got 12, well, still that's only 22, you know? So again, start converting on third down and extending some of these drives. There will be more touches and more targets to go around uh, for everybody. And, and Yvonne, uh, with more stars, Yvonne, you've been awesome today. Um, like I said, we're here because y'all are here. If, uh, you know, I, I can text, text Nick while I'm watching watching television. So we're here because because y'all are here. So we certainly appreciate it. He says, hopefully after the bye, the team brings a new attitude. This is a moment for a turnaround. And five and five it is. Mm-hmm. Seven games. You go four and three. That might get you in the playoffs. Five and two definitely gets you in the playoffs. I think that's a pipe dream. But four and three, and you're right there with a possibility. You're playing for something on the last day of the season. And you win this game. Uh, You go into Sunday Night Football at Arrowhead with a battle for whoever wins that game is first place in the AFC West with only five games to go in the season, which is crazy. And it shows you just the parody in the NFL this season and how what a big uh, conglomerate of 500 teams-ish there are in the middle of the belly. But Broncos win the Chargers game, and... You know, above 500 and you got a chance to go into Arrowhead. <laughs> I can't laugh without saying it. you got a chance to go to Arrowhead with the first place in the AFC West. Um, but you got to beat the Chargers first. Broncos offense does match up pretty well um, on paper. I do want to ask you, though, the Chargers defense, I think this season they're ninth in DVOA against the pass. 
but you have the Broncos coming off of a week where they just paid Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, uh, pretty decent sized contracts. Is there any pressure for you to feed those guys, you know, now that they're kind of riding that high of what's going on, or is it just, you know, you guys are just what you are, what you are on the outside and we're going to stick with our game plan. This is, this is, listen, we love you. That's why we paid you. That's why we extended you. We didn't pay you this money for tomorrow. We didn't pay you this money for Sunday. We paid you this money for the next three to five, four years. So do your jobs, keep blocking. Thank you. And once we have a different set of personnel here, when we can protect better and throw better, we're ready for you. We love you. Here's your money. Run the ball. Yep. (sighs) Makes sense. Um, I would like to see in the chargers uh, with uh, Brandon Staley on the other side there, they're going to run a lot of match quarters and a lot of uh, quarter halves um, on that side of the field. And that means the Broncos will probably be limited with the big play, but that means also with how terrible this charge has been against the run and how bad their linebacking play is. I mean, we, you talk about the linebacker position. I think you and I differ maybe a little bit about linebacker, but the chargers trading up uh, a first round pick, giving up a lot of day two capital to move up for Kenneth Murray, who has been dreadful for them at the linebacker spot. That's just terrible uh, practice. And it doesn't even matter because uh, they hit on Justin Herbert in that draft. Right. And if you hit on the quarterback, you have a lot of grace to miss on other picks. I mean, you can look back at the the Chiefs over the last three or four years. Their drafts outside of Mahomes have been pretty dreadful. I mean, in that other draft, uh, in the Mahomes draft, I don't even know if they have a single player from that draft still on their class besides Mahomes. They took uh, Tano Passigno in the second round, who was that uh, God uh, Villanova edge rusher that's like 6'7", whatever, and he's just been – I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Just mm-hmm. terrible drafts. Um, but they hit on the quarterback, and that's made everything else work. Um, so – it's it's rough, Speaking but I'm not a big not fan of in the league anymore. I mentioned this in a chat. I I don't think I was producing yours. I might have been. It was might have been you and Carl. Paxton Lynch was out of the league in two years. Did he have problems outside of football? Years, I think. Okay, um, but he he didn't play any games. So when you look at his his card, it's got two games. So he didn't play yeah. at all. Yep. Um. Uh, did he have problems? Um. He was a buffoon. Um. Who uh, didn't really have the mental capacity for the game for the quarterback position and nor the work ethic. Um, so I don't, he's not a, uh, it's, still, it's not I like he's a bad guy. At least as a backup somewhere, unless you're failing tests of a certain kind over and over and over again. Uh, that that's what looking at that seeing and you know, a 19 pick or whatever it was pretty high. And the guy's out of the league in three years. I'm like, huh? I mean, they're still recycling Colt McCoy for God's sakes. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he is a dumb donkey, if you will, um, and uh, was known for, you know, not tuning in on meetings, playing video games and uh, not sticking around. And the quarterback, I mean, it really is a position. This is one thing that makes it really hard for draft analysts like myself and like you. We always I try to preface it in the NFL is like it's easy for me. Offensive line and defensive line talent like I can see it. I know it when I see it bigger, faster, stronger um, technique is important, too, obviously. But you can see it. Quarterback, so much of it is about between here. And in here, and uh, we're going off of hearsay for that from guys like, oh, they say this guy is a hard worker. I don't know him. I And I don't even know the, uh, unless they're going to Iowa, I don't know a lot of the staff or whatever that's working with somebody. So I can't speak to that. Um, but Paxton Lynch, he had a big elongated release. He played in an offense that was kind of uh, like Brian Fuentes just got fired from Virginia Tech. So I guess it's not a good offense. Um, worked for Memphis there for a little bit in whatever conference they're in. I uh, can't remember off the top of my head. Memphis has a fine school. Don't, don't, don't let me disparage them too much. They're a good decent uh, mid-level football program, but uh, Paxton Lynch long elongated release. No, not didn't have the heart. Didn't have the mind for the position and uh, he's out. 
I think he was the 27th overall pick. The Broncos traded up in that draft. And it's, it's, you talk about the butterfly effect here. Like that, that draft, the Broncos are trying to trade it for Paxton Lynch. The Chiefs were trying to trade it for Paxton Lynch. And the Cowboys are trying to trade it for Paxton Lynch. Broncos won that battle. And the Cowboys ended up taking Dak Prescott in the fourth. God damn it. And the Chiefs, <laughs> the following season, uh, ended up trading up for Patrick Mahomes because they didn't get uh, Paxton Lynch. Double God damn it. Um, so sorry for th- uh, cursing on uh, your Thanksgiving, guys. But uh, really unfortunate. Um, biggest issue with that pick, though, it wasn't the the process of trading up for a quarterback that late with the tools. Although you'd hope that they would understand that he had, is not very smart and not a lot of desire. Biggest issue is that you let that pick keep you from going after a quarterback early in the draft for the next two seasons. And that's, that's what sunk you. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't oh. be committed to BS. Yeah. That's the, the phrase I've used about heart is, you know, they say you can't measure, you can't measure someone's heart, which is true, but you can yeah. dang sure tell if someone's got one or not. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's the key. And the same thing is kind of with the, the moxie, all those it factors, you know, it, when you see it, you can't measure mm-hmm. it, but you know it when you see it. Uh, Tommy coming in for a question for you, Nick. So how good, in your opinion, is Iowa Center? Is he a possible target in the middle of the first? So let's say you're sitting there at 15 or 16. You know, what do you think? I, I've been, I, I haven't been overall impressed with uh, with Cushenberry. Um, remember that uh, that Miners was drafted as possible as a, as a center replacement. Cushenberry said as much during the offseason. Says if I had played better last year, they probably wouldn't have drafted this guy. Uh, yeah. I think we believe that Miners' long-term future will be at guard, but center, you could use some help. Yep. Uh, man, this is tough for me, and I really don't like to be that guy, but it's the same reason I remember three or four, I guess four draft cycles ago, everybody's like, oh, Josie Jewell's getting a lot of tackles. I'm like, he's kind of small, and he's not explosive sideline to sideline. He's probably a day three pick. Um, and if the Broncos took him day three, that'd be great. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't spend a premium draft pick on him. And Broncos took him in the fourth round. He's been a good pick for a fourth rounder, right about where I'd hoped. Um, on the other hand, and I really try not to be biased with my Hawkeyes when it comes to the draft evaluation. The other hand, I was like Tristan Wirfs. This guy's incredible, amazing. My number three or four overall pick up on that board that season. He ends up going 13, and he's arguably the best right tackle in football right now. I mean, he's really actually up there. So um, I'd like to say that I'm pretty on the nose with my Hawkeye analysis in the draft. Um, and I would say Tristan Wirfs, he's a great uh, center, but he you need to have him in a wide zone scheme. Linderbaum. Uh, if you, uh, what did I say? You said worth again. Okay. Excuse me. Tyler Linderbaum, mm-hmm. um, uh, center. He was came to Iowa as a defensive tackle. They converted him to center. Uh, one of those wrestlers as well. He's an all state wrestler and shot putter. Um, him and Werfs were actually like right down the school, the road from each other in high school. And they would battle each other in like baseball, wrestling, uh, uh track and field, everything like that. And football. Um, but you need to be running a wide zone scheme, I think, to really maximize uh, Tyler Linderbaum the next level because what he brings is he, he's not massive, but he is an incredible mover um, at the second level. And uh, he, we need to block this uh, Tyson guy. Sorry, Tyson. I was going to give him one more chance. Nope, we've blocked <laughs> for five minutes. I don't need to hear about your bowel movements. Yeah. Um, we've watched enough uh, bad football recently to talk to that. I have that same feeling in my stomach. Um, but as far as uh, Linderbaum, you need to be running the wide zone scheme. You need to be running the Kyle Shanahan offense because that's one where the center is going to be moving uh, horizontally and then climbing vertically uh, to get to that second level. That's not exactly the inside zone. That's not exactly what you're seeing with Munchak and Shermer. So uh, I probably wouldn't take him in the mid rounds right now. And it's also because I'm a very much a proponent of uh, positional value on teams. And this is a draft where you're going to have cornerbacks in that area. You're going to have offensive tackles in that area. You're going to have edge rushers in that area. You're going to have 
even uh, interior defensive line and possibly linebackers in that area that are worth more than a center on the whole. If you are running the wide zone, though, if you can get that kind of a plus player who can bring that skill set, he totally changes the dynamic of your run game. Then I'm interested, but that's a very specific niche. And if you're drafting him outside of that offensive scheme, you're not even going to put him in the position to do what he does best. That's making him a first round pick. So that it's very specific in that regard. And that's what What's makes football nice so fun. Is, you know it's if it feels almost can't miss on this guy. Yeah. You know, on, and so it's like, if you take him, <coughs> excuse me, if you take him, you know, you're set, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm good. I'm good at this position for the next decade, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. All right. Two things. Uh, I want you to answer Ethan's question here. The second half Broncos MVP it took me a second. I had time to think about it while you were talking, uh, so I'll, I'll let you think about it while I'm answering. Then we'll get uh, game predictions. Uh, for me, second half Broncos MVP, seven games. He's been fairly limited, sharing the load, ready to be the one. Javante Williams. Javante yeah. Williams is a second half Broncos MVP. Um, he's going to get the most touches because he's not having to share the ball as with four or five other receivers. Melvin Gordon has proven not to be trustworthy in crucial situations. So I've said before, I think that we see 60-40 split now to Javante Williams. And more importantly, it's going to be more like 90-10 when it comes to the most crucial carries. So for me, second half MVP, Javante Williams. Yeah, for me, uh, Williams seems like the the most likely one. Uh, Historically, running backs, the second half of their rookie season explode. Um, and the weather is getting uh, a little bit rougher. Um, the, you're leaning on the run games a little bit more. And again, I talked about it earlier. I think that this interior offensive line, the run game itself uh, for the offensive line is really starting to come together. And that is going to prop up whatever running back is getting the rock. So I think that's a big one. I will say though, ideally on the Broncos second half MVP and the best case scenario, I guess best case scenario, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Cause if the quarterback's your MVP, that means you're, you're definitely winning football games. But most likely a uh, possible one and one that if this guy gets on fire and plays great football in this last stretch, Broncos are doing good things. Bradley Chubb, this team needs Chubb to be a good player so bad. I know that's not I, super I realistic. Who would be the best pick? Who would be yeah. the most valuable player to be the most valuable? <laughs> uh, I'm still going to go with Chubb because your edge rushers going to play. Uh, that's yes. I am. No, I agree with you. Only get 50 snaps this season. Yep. And you're definitely right on that. I agree with you, but this team needs somebody that can get after the passer that wins their one-on-ones right now, rather than this manufactured uh, pressure, like with the twists and stunts, because Fangio just doesn't do that as much with the gap and a half scheme. He likes to do this defensive line Uh, and the Broncos historically, Vic Fangio does not love the blitz and you need those guys in the back end right now, more space bodies in the back end to protect the linebackers. Um, Because if you're isolating a linebacker in space, uh, that that's a bad news bears for this team right now. So, um, second half MVP Javante Williams is probably the best bet. I agree with you there, but I'm really, really pulling for Chubb, um, to be that guy because they need him so bad on this defense. They're not getting after the quarterback. The defense is struggling. They, they are not converting. Uh, they're giving up third downs at a bad rate right now on defense. They need a pass rusher or the edge rusher to light up. And by God, man, it would be great if Chubb could be that guy. They, they need him so bad. They need him so bad. Well, if uh, if Bradley Chubb is the second half MVP, you got a shot at the playoffs. That's exactly it, too. Yep, that's um, flat out. If he if he comes if he comes in and gets ten sacks in seven games, you got a shot at this thing. Yep. Um, this question seems to come up when I'm producing, so I know we're at about a minute and two an hour and two minutes. Um, 
the only thing I'm going to do for the next like two hours is do some leaf work because my front yard has turned into a pine island. Um, so I'm not in any real rush to get out of here, to be honest with you. Uh, but Chad asks, uh, thoughts on Atlanta's ex-coach Dan Quinn becoming the Broncos head coach. Now, I don't have any thoughts on him, what his chances are. But what I can tell you is Dan Quinn left the Atlanta Falcons with a winning record. I think there's only two or three that have done that in 50 years. So being able to to, to stay in it with the Atlanta Falcons for more than three years and have a winning record is something to be said. Dan Reeves had a 14 and two season in 1998 and left Atlanta with a losing record. Uh, it's it's not it's not easy. The other part of this is oh an old. Vic Fangio retread guy. Well, one, he's not that old. He's 51. Um, you know, that's fairly young in the landscape of things when you look across the age of head coaches. Um, two, he is a defensive guy that didn't have any defensive players. The 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 general manager with the Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov, ran the Falcons as if he was the agent for a quarterback on a seven-on-seven team. I'm gonna give the quarterback as much money as I possibly can. Uh, and I'm not going to worry about offensive line because who cares? Uh, I'm not going to worry about defense because nah, we'll just outscore everybody. And we've got a defensive coach, so that'll take care of itself. Um, the other part of this is the question is, you know, do you want a young offensive mind? Dan Reeve, or sorry, Dan Quinn took some chances on young offensive coaches. Kyle Shanahan. Of uh, six years ago, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, 50 or how he was still pretty young at the time. Kyle Shanahan was one of those guys. Uh, I thought it was an absolutely completely and totally moronic move that just did about as much damage as 28, three did, but he took a chance on Steve Sarkeesian, mm-hmm. um, you know, was willing to go with a younger guy an offensive innovator and do something like that, which I know that uh, is something that the Denver Broncos fans are interested in. So if you get Dan Quinn, you can pair him with an offensive guy that he wouldn't be threatened by. Uh, he's fairly egoless. Coach players love to play for him. Now, if you get a general manager that knows how to build a team, you've got something. Now, yeah. would he be my first choice? And am I advocating for him for to be the, the the coach of the Denver Broncos? No, he he wouldn't be. But he wasn't awful in Atlanta. He made some high profile mistakes and didn't get any backing from his general manager. But he's I, I think he's worthy of another shot. I, I do. I think he's worthy of another shot in the NFL. Um, and he's uh, he's a guy that's a lot easier to root for. You know, like I said about Teddy Bridgewater, maybe this isn't the best example. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback at best. But as a person, he's easy to root for, And you know, until you quit on a play, and then he's real easy to be pissed off at. But he's a, a genuinely a good person. Um, Fangio, I don't know Fangio from a hole in the wall. And just watching him, I'm like – this guy is really, really easy to dislike. He's petty. He's insecure. Uh, he throws players under the bus, doesn't take any accountability for any of his own mistakes, and he's out the door. You can tell he's out the door, and he's making excuses, and it's it's, it's unpleasant. You won't have any of those problems with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's somebody you want to succeed, even just for him, for the Broncos, and players want to play for him. So there's my spiel on, on Dan Quinn. Yeah, 100%. And also, did you guys see that uh, Vic Fangio, there's like a Reddit poll where um, uh, the likes of Vic Fangio was voted as the ugliest coach in football. 
<laughs> who who cares? But uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. We're having a little fun with it. Um, but yeah, the, the least attractive coach in football for uh, Vic Fangio, unfortunately. Um, and Dan Quinn, this is a big one for me. Dan Quinn is a player's coach as well. He doesn't just focus on the defense. I think that after Vic Fangio and all the talk of just being the lack of connection between Fangio and this coach uh, and the players, there's just not really a lot of inspiration and admiration for the coach in that regard. Um, he doesn't connect with them at all. And Dan Quinn at least would bring that. And uh, I think that's probably important coming out of this uh, Vic Fangio era is having somebody that the players like, and maybe Dan Quinn makes it that much better for you to get a chance at, uh, at somebody like Russell Wilson in the off season. So we'll see. Um, I also, I know that there, I don't think there's any connection between this guy and George Payton and in the NFL, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, um, but uh, I really like Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles would be, I think, you know, playing in the jets market in the, uh, Patriots owned AFC East. Uh, that Jets team was pretty solid with him and they started to fall off a little bit. Uh, I think the draft classes are not very good. And obviously rookie year, Sam Darnold was not very good either. Um, so Todd Bowles, I thought like his ability to solve problems, his innovation, um, what he's done, he's shown to play schemes based on who is he's going against offensively. He also maybe has some of that, uh, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady uh, gold coming off of him um, at this point, playing the Tampa Bay with a few years and players really love uh, Todd Bowles as well. So um, that's, I would, I would love to have Todd Bowles come in for an interview. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but trading, I've, I've always been a big fan trading up, trading three picks to trade to, 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 to move up, to take Sam Darnold to fireable offense. Yeah, that was a, was it Joe Douglas? Is that who the general manager or is it Tom? Tannenbaum. I don't even remember. That's a fireable um, offense as far as I'm concerned. Now, final yeah. score. Michael Ranquillo coming in. St. Chargers 24, Broncos 20. Oh, I, I think I like this one around 31 to 17, Chargers. I think it'll be low scoring because I think both these teams are going to not have a lightning quick strike offenses. I think it's going to be very methodical. So I think that the points are going to be harder to come by because I think the possessions are going to be harder to come by. So I think it's going to be Chargers uh, 23, Broncos 16. Uh, a lot of field goals. Lines. Let's look at lines real quick. Um, it looks like 47 and a half. And what I just say, 31, 17, 48. So I'm not touching the over under. Nope. And uh, Chargers minus two and a half. I like the. I'll take. Uh, I'll take the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. The Broncos haven't been great at home. I know it's a home field game, but what has that mattered so far? Yep. So I, I, I would. I'd lay off the over under, and I would. Uh, I'd take the the Chargers to cover. Yeah, and uh, CC coming here. I think Fangio was the one who wanted Teddy. Uh, I think that uh, Fangio didn't necessarily want Teddy more so than he didn't want Locke. Um, I think that's the biggest one here. So uh, we'll leave it on that. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle guys. Uh, holidays right around the corner. Make sure you go to huddleuppod.com to get your gear. You support us mile high huddle and uh, Broncos for breakfast. We got the coffee mugs, you know, it's Thanksgiving. This maybe has whiskey in it. I don't know. I don't have work later. Um, and, uh, Obviously, the hat as well. So we have a good time. Make sure you're going to huddleuppod.com to check out the gear there. Also, make sure if you're on Facebook at all, join us, like us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are joining us today after the fact, listening on iTunes, please go to Apple Podcast. Heck, if you guys are joining us on YouTube or Facebook right now, log into your phone, log into iTunes, leave us a five star rating, say Scott and Nick sent me. Um, and all I got was this gosh darn, you know stupid thanksgiving pun um but you know join us today that'd be great uh, 
stuff our stockings there on the iTunes. We're getting to the holidays now. And uh, make sure you're also following us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, and share to this channel, as well as Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Scott, what's the uh, what's the docket look like the rest of the day? Um, Obviously, football is going to be kicking off here in I'm about gonna, an hour. I'm going to try and get some, get some yard work done here for the next two hours. Right. And then over with my parents for some Thanksgiving. And then I'll be back tonight. The boys will be back tonight. Uh, Zach and Chad will be on tonight. Thursday mailbag, Thanksgiving edition. So I'll be back behind the scenes, um, and uh, hopefully, you know, I can interact a little bit in the chat. It's it's sometimes it's hard for me to do both, uh, but I'll I'll see y'all tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a good one. I'm flashing some Thanksgiving love on here from you guys. Uh, we love you, uh, Broncos. Got everything they want still right in front of them. AFC West, nobody's really taking off. Broncos win Sunday. Boom, we got a chance. So uh, let's uh, let's will that to happen. You guys have a great one. Stay safe. Don't drink and drive um, and be kind. Enjoy your family. Uh, I know that's sometimes going to be a little bit cantankerous uh, with the world right now, but appreciate your moments when you can get them. You guys stay safe. Love y'all. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.